If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp, the sponsor of this episode, is here for you. BetterHelp offers a broad range of over 20,000 licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Plus, you can get 10% off your first month with my code, betterhelp.com slash Kohler. With BetterHelp, you can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience, and all you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs before getting matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. As a mom constantly working around Jaden's toddler schedule, having my weekly therapy online has been a complete game changer and a huge reason why I have made big steps to better my mental health for myself and for my family. You can also request a new therapist anytime at no additional charge. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Don't forget to use my code to get that 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Kohler. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Kohler. Hello and welcome to Kohler Commentary. This is my first episode of 2024 and today I am joined by my husband, Dr. Matt Kohler. Hello again. Happy to be back. (laughs) As I start my podcast episodes for this year, I did want to cast out the vision for the word transition to be a theme for 2024. For many of us who do come from immigrant families, it is in our DNA to be kind of thrown into completely new and foreign environments and circumstances and just be expected to roll with the punches. But I think in general, like we're so grateful for where we've come and where our parents have sacrificed for us. And we just definitely give thanks to our older generation. But I do think the skill of processing and fully embracing those transitions has not been something we have been equipped with. In my own therapy journey that came to a close at the end of last year, my initial diagnosis, which was in 2020, 2020, 2021, was actually an adjustment disorder. And so I don't know, maybe if I felt alone in that or like, oh my gosh, how can I not just be good with change? Um, I thought it would be nice to just kind of like continue to navigate forward, understanding that transitions will constantly happen. And rather than feeling frustrated or exhausted when those times come about, um, how can we have this open dialogue about different transitions that different people have been in? Long story short, my hope this year is to stay the same in terms of sharing resilient stories from guests um, through the lens of the Enneagram, but really highlighting on the acceptance of this transition and often talking through tough transitions that might have led us to the growth that we find ourselves at in the end. This is inspired by an excerpt from Young Pueblo's newest book, Way Forward, that my sister had given me, and I'm going to read the page on transition, and that's kind of what inspired this. It is normal to feel down, tired, and emotionally exhausted when you're going through a big transition, especially when you have to let go of something good for the chance at something better. Great changes are not meant to be easy. They arise to inspire your growth. Mm. What do you think about that page? It reminds me of the whole um, Christians are meant to walk through the desert. 
Uh, Christians are meant like to periods uh, of wilderness, right? To expect it mm. and to like value it rather than try to escape it. Right. Oh, that's wow, quite deep, Matt. So, For us, it's like along that journey, we can reflect on the past, but also as you do that reflecting, we can kind of move forward with resilient joy, um, so that sometimes we tend to feel stuck. Or I definitely feel stuck a lot, and so rather than being like stuck in that, having that dialogue, and so I think it's definitely obvious that we've talked about some big transitions in our life, like moving. You had career changes. I had career changes. COVID, motherhood. I feel like we've talked in depth about those things, and those are always welcome to come into our conversation with our guests. But today, I just wanted to kind of keep it simple and ask you what season of transition you. Might be in today. Yeah, I was trying to think about this, so we didn't uh, like go over this conversation. At all so you'll know what I'm about to say. I, I have no idea. I didn't know what I was about to say either. And then I think Typical I realized. <laughs> I think I realized the transition I'm in right now is transitioning out of transition. Like mm-hmm. I think this is the first time in a long time where I think like 12 months from now could look very similar to what today looks like. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. Since I didn't have so much going through my head, like anticipating, oh my gosh, like everything is going to change so much, like in the next year, even whether it's from med school, relationship, residency, marriage, kids, like a new kid, work. It was like always something for many years. And I think um, I realized, like, I don't love those big transitions, but I think they give me something definitive to work towards. So, like, I think once I started med school and residency, I became a very restless person. I used to really like doing nothing. And I think I mentally think I like doing nothing, but I get restless very easily now when I don't have anything to do. Mm. Um, and I think now I'm feeling that come in in like a broad, like a bigger scale. Like, oh, like if next year looks the same as this year, like what am I really trying to accomplish or like trying to better myself in or trying to like change when I'm just trying to like learn how to, manage the status quo and become mm-hmm. better in that and it feels a little oh so this unsettling. is making you oh wow i thought this would bring you excitement it does in theory like i'm mm-hmm. glad there's not not this big thing i'm changing but then at the same time i have this weird sense of like i i don't want 12 months from now to look like it does now even though I kind of do because I don't want all the chaos that comes with transition. Well, if that's the case, you might as well just reverse it and pop another one. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think Gloria that's, knows. Like, there is a real transition, sort of like transitioning away from transition. That's my... Uh, so you bringing that up, I do have this follow-up question. Ever since I started dating you, which is med school, you've always been like busy or stressed Mm -hmm. or kind of like a part of you, a percentage of you has not been available, which is Mm -hmm. understandable, right? Because you had this long medical journey. But when you started med school and, you know, that was like difficult for our relationship as we were dating, you said like, don't worry, once this is over and we're in residency, it'll get better, you know? And then after that, you started residency and it was quite crazy. And then you'd be like, don't worry, after residency, it's attending life and it'll get better kind of thing. And now when, when it started, you're pretty, and you know, like open dialogue about like burnt out, right? Even like moving forward, you had to vasectomy <laughs> to like move forward, right? Like knowing that that isn't that chapter, at least children is over. So like now that you have said this like transition out of a transition and like in theory you like it, but then oh, it's unsettling. Like what does it look like for you when there is no, oh, don't worry, 
once this season is over, then it'll get better. Because now those seasons are almost all over, it seems like. So what does that Yeah, become? I think it's just less defined. Like mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of things I can work towards. I'm really good at accomplishing one big thing at a time. I feel like I never fail at like the big thing I'm working towards. But then I lose track of like the two through 10 things. But now you don't got a big right. thing and to now, right, exactly. um, so now I just excuse have, it on. I just have a lot of like, two through like, like important life things. And I think I don't know how to mm. focus in on like any of them. So you're transitioning into like kind of like a, not an adulting, but like in a sense, like the little things. Yeah. I, like I think I'm transitioning to more just like a broad scope of like, how does it look like to better the version of me like more holistically rather than bettering this one obvious thing i like have to accomplish like there's a time crunch or there's a right that like urgency so i think it's a combination of like finding urgency in each of these things and like allotting mental and physical like time and space for them and sort of not letting things fall through the cracks and um and yeah because that's a lot of directions like i think that's the way i treat or interact treats that word but the way i like love you the (laughs) way i the way i i don't know maybe like the one thing that we talk about that i don't do well is like bring excitement like exciting ideas for like the kids right i i'm very good at just handling them (laughs) like at home like on a day i don't plan so you know planning things for them and then my own life right i've sort of recommitted to working out again and that's gone well but Right, but that'd be another thing, like my own physical health and goals, and then, um, yeah, it's just like broad, you know, church stuff, like leadership stuff, uh, maybe like broader family thing. It's a lot, right? It's all these things yeah. that I, I tend to just ingrain them into my daily life and assume I'm like hitting them all enough when mm-hmm. I probably don't hit any of them enough. But there was kind of a built-in excuse all the time. So, yeah. So now yeah. I think that's like a very different type of transition now that I haven't had to do. Wow. in a while oh so i feel like in 2024 i'll see like a new mat i think that's the hope is that maybe that's the instead of like 12 months from now instead of like a thing i accomplished looking different maybe it's like me that looks different oh. that's the that's body the, wise no no <laughs> me as a person right i think maybe that's the change mm-hmm. rather than me getting my new job I or mean, my MD I'd say or something that was kind of cool was even like this last week you were like ideating a workout group you know like different things like that like i don't think even that would have been something you would dream up because the big thing would be what you have to just get through yeah. so i'm excited to see like what else comes into your mind and then what you execute yeah you know? i will say like the there is the nice side of it where it truly is a big thing off my shoulders like knowing that there isn't this enormous life change coming up oh just Mm -hmm. you wait i will surprise you (laughs) how how so so yeah that's that is a very comforting idea to me it's Mm. just now it's just reshifting my focus i think but yeah that's a lot about my stuff i think you you i feel like have a little more active changes like definable changes you're working towards because I like just got set up into this career that I'm not, that I'm kind of like stuck in now for better or for worse. I feel like you would have maybe a little bit different answer. So I'm interested in hearing. <laughs> I feel like 
last time we had a podcast episode, I was talking about the new year and getting ready to send Evan. And that was this new change coming ahead of just like identity and time, right? For me, who has um, primarily been stay-at-home mom as my role. But I lost the job because budget cuts for my organization. And so the part-time job that would have funded Evan's daycare and a job I was you know, like passionate for um, is no longer available. And I I don't want to just like find any job just for the purpose of sending Evan. I think this really aligned with my goals. But yeah, I think one thing I feel like I'm embracing is that like transition or change doesn't look like in what I want it to look like. For example, I was ideating all these things and possibilities, but rather than feeling like discouraged or I'm still stuck, um, I'm just trying to figure out like what does this same season, unexpectedly same season, still give me the opportunity for the change I was hoping for, but just in a different way. Do you feel like you like that sort of right because that's that's a more i mean it's kind of, it's on the spectrum of kind of like what i was saying but i think a little different but, <laughs> but, but i realized as i was talking you're right but it's like less i guess the I, big I change feel about, isn't happening yeah like like how do you feel about the change in your change I guess I feel like I am the author of my change and i think before all the circumstances were not my mm. authoring like so it you was, feel more in control I am not there yet, but I think that's what this season might mean. Like in the past, it was like, you know, baby identity shifting COVID, you know, like having to quit because COVID and we had a newborn and then older grandparents, you know, things like that. And so I always felt like this, like, oh, I can't do anything. Kind of like you said, since we do find more balance in our family life with the little kids, I feel like I have more ability to change through things, right? Like my body is no longer tied to feeding the children. And, you know, Evan is a good sleeper. And so there are, you know, different things like that. And so I'm excited for the ways that looks like, and I'm still like trying to understand. Um, I am able to coach during all of Evan's nap sessions for Enneagram. And so that allows me to feel a sense of purpose while still being present with him, different things like that. And so in these next six months, I'd be curious, how, how are you going to measure like your success in this time of change? Well, I'm also trying something of not measuring my success because that often leads me to feel like failure. Well, so I feel I like it might be yeah, based on think, the measuring stick, right? Because mm-hmm. I think for a while, a part of it was like financial measurements mm-hmm. and a part of it was, you know, various things. So well, I guess like what's a healthy way Mm -hmm, to measure that success yeah of like seeing this next six months and being like okay like that was well time well spent like how how do you how do you think you can measure that maybe setting like weekly goals and accomplishing like i think prioritizing my walk with god um creating content for my coaching business you know like in those extra times that i do have something also is that i will hire uh, Evan care maybe once a week for one wake session so that I can work straight and then allow that to execute, um, whether it be uh, cold calling certain amount of uh, companies to pitch Enneagram workshops to, or um, just creating like packages and deals or saying like, I will do one podcast episode a month at least. And then if it's two, that's like a bonus. 
Um, yeah, I think one thing I did realize in terms of transition, though, is after this year, and this is the first time I felt like we've been able to have a solid like community life type of thing and uh, seeing each other in leadership roles, but also like just friend roles that are mutual. But it also made me like grieve Houston community or like not just Houston community, but in general, when you feel this like excitement for this is this is this could be like your people for this season. Right. Uh, me being an Enneagram, too. Like it also makes me feel like, oh, then if these are the people I'm living life with, the people I was living life with two years ago are not those people, you know, and for me as an as a relation, it doesn't mean um, one is better than the other, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not our friends anymore type of thing, but it, there is a grieving for me who is relational and almost losing the um, intensity of that intimacy that was once going to be shared. And I think um, that's how I felt with like my girlfriendships from college. And that was something that was really hard for me to let go. But I think just even processing that adjustment disorder type of hurt in my heart helped me like recognize that that's something I struggle with when I have to say goodbye to something that is not like an end, but just like the intimacy of it, but also understanding what is best for us in this season. And I think that's what this quote from Young Pueblo that I just read kind of makes me think of in the moment right now. Yeah, I actually think that transitioning out of seasons of relationships is actually actually like the number one most challenging thing for you that I've seen transition wise. Cause that some of it was born from like unhealthy things, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think part of your transition away from your girlfriends that you kind of grew up with Mm -hmm. came from like an unhealthy season, but that some of it comes from natural things like transition away from your family, right? As a daughter and like into a wife, that sort of thing. Right. That was super hard for you. The friendships was super hard for you. And then even, I think, even like breakups in the past, that was like, it wasn't necessarily that it was like the romantic part gone, but I was like i'm losing a friend in that way yeah and i just hate losing people i think you over like i think you sometimes almost like uh create an identity for yourself born from those relationships and then when you that identity changes you feel like a part of you is like lost right and then that's always been instead of rather than like almost like gaining a new one it's just you mm-hmm. really struggle with the loss of the old one mm-hmm. so i feel like now it seems like it's being done in a healthier way. Like the healthiest I've ever seen you transition into like new relationships, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's like a, a recognition there too. But yeah, yeah, I think that's very true what you're just saying. Thank you. Well, um, I wanted to pose to the listeners, um, what transition might you be going through, whether it's this week or this season or as you started your new year? Um, what could that have looked like? Maybe talk about that with your loved ones, your spouse, or we're not done yet, Matt, by the way. Um, we got another section to talk through. Um, the other thing that I kind of wanted to bring conversation to is this other book that my sister gave me. A lot of inspiration in my New York trip that I took um, during MLK weekend. But this is a Korean book from Korea that my sister got when she was there. And it's called Sengak Sose. And so <laughs> I actually realized I never asked her what that meant, but Sengak means like your thoughts or your thinking, right? And then sauce, I'm assuming is like sauce, like like the secret sauce, like the thought sauce, you know? So it's kind of just a, a book of prompts to ask yourself, but it's in Korean. And so I thought, whether it's you, Matt, or in general, I would just ask a question and then um, have us answer it really quickly. Okay. 요즘 
<laughs> 요즘 행복하세요. So the word here for you to learn. So 요즘 means lately. 행복하세요. Lately. 행복. Do you know what 행복 means? No. 행복 means happy. 요즘 행복하세요. Lately, are you happy? I think so. Is there anything yeah. that makes you happy? You don't have to say me. Um, I mean, I definitely do get happy. I think I get happy when, I don't know, we just have like nice family moments. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite everyday thing, they don't happen every day, but like regular occurrences is like when all four of us are like on the bed on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Sounds like such an Enneagram nine. <laughs> no, like it's so... You mean when they're jumping on us? Yeah, when they're jumping around. And happy. I don't know, some yeah. moments like that. I mean... I don't think I do a good job of like recognizing, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I feel, I don't think I have like a very obvious times like, oh, I'm happy or oh, I'm sad or oh, I'm, (laughs) it's just sort of all like flows into a single, just like, (laughs) but I can tell times where I'm like pleased with how I've like. Is that the extent of your emotion? (laughs) Pleased? Okay. For example, like I mentioned before, I'm working out again. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I say I'm happy, but I'm like. It makes me feel uh, like value, mm-hmm. not in myself, but like in the time I spent doing that and like the progress I see and just feeling I'm using that time like for like a, a good reason. So mm-hmm. that's like a new thing, right? That was part of my life that I brought back. So yeah. I don't know if it makes me happy, but I, I'm pleased with the fact that I it's happening. I am very proud of you for um, being consistent in that in the yeah. last few weeks. And, and again, like, I mean, the happy, like the emotions, I would say are... St- I think relationally is still when I identify happiest the most. So that's, you know, stuff with our family, but even like certain relationships, like church conversations, relationships I've had, or, I mean, I have a friend in Dallas who I've sort of like reconnected with both of them, like a married couple, Derek and Christine, and I've spent more time with them. I don't know why I'm not putting names. I feel like this podcast is like a secretive, um, but yeah, so like in those, I'm like, oh man, like that's really nice. Like maybe something I hadn't done as well before and now I'm doing it again. And like another thing, like I value this a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe value is the best word for what I feel. <laughs> I can tell when I do something I value. I've never heard someone <laughs> define um, emotion words as much as you. Like if I'm like, why are you mad? You're like, I don't think that's mad. I, so I talked to a lot of my patients about, I don't know if you can hear me when I'm in the room, but I use the I'm, term mm-hmm. like, a value-based approach to life a lot because i think a lot of people chase after things that this is a complete like going off track here but you know like they chase after emotion but then when they look back on what they did they don't actually like value what they did mm-hmm. they just tried to like fill something real quickly so i talk about okay well like when you look back on your week i think it's important to see value in what you did and how you spent your time mm-hmm. and i think lately I've been able to see that value in things I've been putting my energy towards and all the time, but more than maybe before. Yeah, I see it too. I'm glad you can recognize Mm -hmm. that for yourself. What's your answer? Um, Lately, I do think I'm happy. I agree. It's like the times we get to spend as a family. And I was like thinking the other day, like a year ago, I would have adamantly said I am like utterly depressed and hopeless. And the fact that that can change in a year. And I think that's just part of like how to accept transition, how to embrace it, because that doesn't mean that in between is going to then look happier or better, but it's like understanding that will be ahead and like how to walk in that struggle with as much joy as you can, which doesn't always have to be like 
there at that moment. Um, but yeah, like just really grateful for our sons and their health and just the conversations and memories we get to build with them. Like that's, it's like, I think I like this little life. Have you heard that? On I have no idea what that is. It's like a trending real audio. But lately that's just been like in my head um, because that's how I feel about our little cola crew. And I think also something for me that makes me happy is that I'm understanding where my identity comes from. And I think that's something that like you kind of mentioned was pulled from my different relationships. So if a relationship feels lost or distant, um, that makes me question things. And that hasn't always been the case, but in the last like shy of a decade, that's like, you know, a huge part of my adulting that has been there. And um, that fear of losing different types of relationships, I think because that has become more constant and, you know, like uh, for faith wise, that would be like in Christ for, for me, I think that has helped me just have a more secure joy. And so my answer would be yes. And I have one more question within this because it just seemed to, Correspond. The other one is 사라져서 슬픈 것들. So 사라져서 means like things that have been lost. 슬픈 것들. So what is sad about the things that have been lost? What is sad about the things that have been lost? Because they've been lost, you're sad. Uh, I don't know. My like my superficial answer would be like free time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it really goes back to like, I don't need daily free time, but I like experiences that happen sometimes. So the broad thing is travel, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea of like every X amount of time, there's something that I get to experience that's sort of out of my norm that I really like look forward to. So I think that is hard to come by, right? And we're starting to implement that a little bit more. Like we have the time and space too, but that's been hard. Um, I think just because that that sort of like keeps me, it's it's that reset button for me that kind of rejuvenates me. Um, So that's more of like a parent thing more than anything. Um, I think I didn't really realize it because I don't I don't like like think about these types of things that often. Mm -hmm. But I think relationally, there was a part of that. There probably still is. Um, Like I don't talk to my like close family or friends if they're not around me that often. I think I I recognize it. I mean to go back to the whole like my friends Derek and Christine I think that idea came up of like not connecting with the people that I like truly like love the most and then like I really don't and I don't think it affects me very often but I think but it affects me <laughs> because I like try to push you to because I, I I think that's like a relational disconnect we've had it's like okay these are your important ones but why aren't you meeting them and that makes me really confused but I'm glad you've <laughs> made that with yeah i think i just don't pay attention to it much because i'm not the type of person where these things like bother me with frequency it bothers me (laughs) but but i think there is like a a, like a baseline of being just like less fulfilled relationally when i when like internally there's like a neglect for a lot of the people i care about the most so Mm -hmm. you know honestly i don't know how much that'll change but even if it changes a little i think that goes a long way where yeah. I, I, you know, find some moments. So I think that loss of like the people I kind of deeply care about, that's a more under the surface thing that is, I think, there. And I think the more obvious there would be the, the one I said before. The free time one. Oh, the free time or, like, one. Or like the experience one. Uh-huh. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, it's Valentine's Day. Not yet. <laughs> I'd be in trouble if it was now. What are you going to do for me? You know what we say? Yeah. 
nothing that much. I'm gonna. Um, oh, you gonna say? <laughs> oh, you just told me to say. I was just kidding. One oh. thing um, for me, who is uh, someone that says, "Oh, I don't need anything," as a two, right? And then I get mad when he doesn't do anything. I have been clear that for these little days, I'd like something sweet from him and my sons, like you either making breakfast or you making a card with Jaden or Evan. Yeah, so Evan's that's something too young I'm to clear. do that much with. Only but you more. can still do. You can pretend to write like it's him. Like there, you can get creative because that's the Let's one see. thing I said is for Valentine's or Mother's Day. <laughs> that's all I need, you know. But it's something I do want, and I. Now I have stated my expectation. In the past, I don't think I would have stated it. And then I'd be like, oh my gosh, did nothing, you know? But like, yeah, I think that's like something I'm learning at least. I have to think about what Evan can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, something that I wanted to plug is an Enneagram virtual date night that I am trying to start passing out. So if you are interested in having one with your spouse or significant other, um, there are spots opening starting for March through April. Um, so please book with me. But one of the sneak peeks is from a book that I have been reading and I'll just do the two and the nine because that's you and me. But it's talking about just different uh, practices uh, based on your core motivation or the like the weakness that you carry. So for a two, do you remember what my core weakness is? Mm. <laughs> Give me a multiple choice. Like the deadly sins, basically. No, but <laughs> I think if I heard it, I would know. Give me a, a four. My, me- mine is, it starts with a P. It's not like I'm an Enneagram coach. Give me give me the next slide. P R I Praying. <laughs> P R I Pride. pride. So for an Enneagram too, it's pride in the sense of kind of believing that your needs aren't important, but that's like prideful because there's like a savior complex in a sense. So always focusing on other people's needs in a sense. But there's a part that says like spousal action. And that's the part I want to read um, for a two, a spousal action. So if you have a spouse that's a type two, listen up, give your two plenty of attention and reassurance, as well as terms of endearment to know they are loved, seen and celebrated by you. When they manipulate, it's not just because of pride. They also fear that you will move away unless you see them as the best giver. They need your assurance that they are loved even when you take space. Mm, I can see that. Is there anything that comes to mind or some that you can see that, but is there a way you realize like how you could spousal action that towards me? Yeah. I think just expressing like thankfulness or like positive, like emotions towards you more mm-hmm. directly mm-hmm. and more frequently. Like, I always feel like you don't care for me, but then the conversation is you care for me so much, but you don't say it. It's like something we talked about recently remember yeah yeah it doesn't come naturally for me to like express those things yeah can i give the example of the weekend last weekend sure well i well actually let's go to yours first next so for a type nine do you know what your weakness is <laughs> let me think don't you oh, yeah, yeah yeah no like the like i didn't I can't you are that. totally looking over no, here 100 percent here that like okay. like lazy slothfulness sloth. yes so yours is sloth and the spousal action for those that have a type nine spouse is to create space for your nine to utilize 
some of the soothing activities that were mentioned, like body work, especially for your body, which you are doing. Um, give them one day a week or month where they can choose whatever they want to do. Encourage activity, but also a short period of rest daily. When they share an opinion, slow down and listen with care. Okay, so some of the practices that were suggested was maybe studying the Bible, making daily lists, skincare routines, if that's something, but a lot on group fitness or fitness in general. Oh, it says group fitness. That's something you were thinking of. Um, But yeah, I think for me, um, maybe the thing I struggle with the most is probably when they share an opinion, slow down and listen with care. I think when you share an opinion, I'm quick to say, what, when did you think that kind of stuff? Or especially when you share the opinion around other people, I'm like, I didn't know that, you know, I do that a lot. Yeah, no, I think that idea is, is, yeah, true. But when it came to um, give them one day a week or a month or try to do short period of rest daily, I do feel like I try to do that for you. I try to ask you when you need it so then I can at least schedule it in. Would you agree or disagree? Um, I think you are... I'm not saying on the fly. I'm saying scheduled in. So that means you have to speak yeah, up yeah, and yeah. tell me so, when. Yeah, I think, I think you are open to it. Yeah, if I were to like plan something mm-hmm. yes i agree but like that. if it's like just like saturday morning and you know you want to do like that spontaneous is hard for me right. for sure with two kids and i think when i do plan something if you do it then i should come back and say thank you yeah so <laughs> i feel like especially since i do a lot of work trying to understand the nine because you are my husband um the example is that last weekend or two weekends ago i guess now i did try to let you have like a friday night to sunday morning getaway shout out andrew and mina um where you could kind of get that rest because i do agree you've been burnt out from work and i'm um, just kind of need that like uh rejuvenation weekend and i didn't even think much of it when it was like happening throughout the weekend itself but what happened was when you oh when you came on sunday we went to our usual cafe spot and you walked in and you gave evan and Jaden like the biggest hugs and then you just sat down and that just like triggered something for me i was like oh my gosh he didn't even say hi to me but like that was just like two nights away, you know? And then later I expressed that why, what it was, but I felt like you didn't validate it. And when I read this, I realized, yeah, like it's kind of, it sounds very um, lame, but I think you have to accept that I am a spouse that does need that affirmation. And I guess for me, it's like, it said this line, they also fear that you will move away unless you see them as the best giver. And I think one for me is I have to tell myself that's not an identity I need to carry. But I think for you, I do need you to understand that's probably where it comes from a lot. And so while I have to work on my end, it would be nice for you to overly appreciate. I don't know if it's overly, just appreciate it um, verbally, if possible. I mean, I agree. Like there's, that's, that could only be good to come from letting you know I appreciate you when I do. Well, I'm excited to talk to you again later. Do you have any questions for me or anything else you'd like to say? No, I'm uh, lucky to be on the on the pod again. <laughs> I think I'm going to be inviting you a lot so that we can learn um, Korean words and um, talk through some reflections. Yeah. Do you remember the two main Korean words today? No. One one was, um, there was like a Sara something and there was a Sosu. <laughs> that's all i remember so the book is called 생각소스 oh yeah the book um, but 
you, oh, you said sara, yeah. sara jazo. That's like the the thing that's like disappearing. So But the two words we can think through are the emotion words. Hengbok means happy. Sulpun is a meaning of loss, sad, <laughs> sad. <laughs> think like hengbok happy, sulpun sad. I'll try. I'm not okay. good at these. But you can just try, you know, and like it'd be fun to just like. I think one thing about learning languages is just like taking one word and practicing it through this way. I'm not saying you have to like learn it later. I'm just saying this is a good way for you to like be exposed to the language that you promised me ten years ago that you would learn for me. <laughs> I'll try to remember those. All right. Well, I hope you have a happy Valentine's Day if you're listening. And if you would be interested in coming on the pod to share any of your resilient stories of transition, whether it's one of the past or one right now that you might be going through and that we could process together through the lens of the Enneagram, I'd love to invite you to guest on Kohler Commentary. Commentary. Bye bye. bye.